Welcome to the Display the Gospel podcast, a place where we will explore topics related to the Christian life in order to demonstrate and declare the gospel as followers of Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Well, thank you for tuning into the Display the Gospel podcast. My name is Brett Risley, and I've got my friend Ross with me again today, and we are going to continue in part three, uh, talking about the COVID-19 situation. But today we're going to talk specifically kind of about the idea of submitting to the government and authorities, and that um, it's kind of a real reality right now. So Ross, uh, thanks for hanging out with me again and having this conversation. It's kind of a Again, it's kind of a weird time to live, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, appreciate you having me today, Brett, having me here, um, and just being able to look at this with you, kind of this specific situation and how how we can relate with the authorities and, and those around us um, in this. As a, as a CPA, you know, my daily job is often looking at how can we, um, looking at the laws of the land, how can we best bend and use those to meet our objectives and mm. I've you know I've been thinking that there is there is a lot here that would talk to somebody in my role about how I should look at say taxes or um, you know employing people and things like that but um, specifically with the COVID-19 pandemic um, and some of the regulations and restrictions that have been put on us I think there's a lot that that the Bible would have to say to us as Christians and how we should uh, respond to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're talking with me today and we're having this conversation because I'm a pastor, you're a CPA, we're both believers following Jesus. And so I think there's a great perspective that we can both have to this. And it's a, yeah, it's a really odd situation to be uh, in such a unique environment in our world where we have all these restrictions and recommendations. Some states have mandates, uh, other states don't. And so it's kind of this mixed bag of certain parts of the country are under different parameters than others. Um, and so one of the first things that I think we're just going to jump into is the reality that as Christians, again, how should we respond? Like, what is our role in all of this? Do we just bury our head in the sand and go go through life as normal and say, well, the government says this, but you know what? They're the government. I don't listen to them. I follow God. I'm going to do what I want. Is that the right response? I don't know. And so I want to start off by just sharing Romans 13 real quick, and I want to read it just to give the listeners some context to know that, that what I'm talking about or what we talk about today is coming from Scripture. So Romans chapter 13 is written by the Apostle Paul, and verses 1 through 7 say this, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. And so I'm going to stop there for just a second. Um, You know, that's a really important point to just start off with, is that Paul is saying in his time when he wrote this letter to the church at Rome, and I believe it's fair to say that this is a timeless truth here that uh, an authority instituted in Rome or authority instituted today in the United States, uh, we see this in other passages as well, but that those authorities, all authority is actually instituted by God himself. And so whether that's a Roman emperor or that's the president of the United States in 2020, um, the authority that those positions hold, um, not necessarily the person, but the authority of the position, um, those are instituted by God. And then chapter 13, verse four goes on to say, you know, then do what is good and you will receive approval 
for he is God's servant for your good. And so there's also this idea that, okay, the authority is instituted by God, and it's also instituted by God for our good. Um, and then the rest of that passage kind of goes on to say a couple other things. And verse 5 says, Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. So there's this idea that for our conscience and to listen and obey God through the Holy Spirit, to be right in our own mind with, with him, there, we should be obeying and submitting to them as we, as we feel led to do that. And then verse 6 goes on to say, For because of this, you also pay taxes. Who doesn't, who can't relate to that wonderful truth, right? Ross, you can especially speak to that. Right? Amen. That's <laughs> right. For the, the authorities, and this is an interesting phrasing here, verse six, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. So the authorities attend to the ministry of God through taxes. How crazy is that? Wow. So verse seven then says, to pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And again, that was Romans 13, one through seven. So the things we're talking about are, are incredibly applicable to us as Christians today, but I think this maybe helps us get the conversation going about why should Christians even consider submitting to the authorities? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's interesting, you're pulling these out of Romans, and you look at the rulers in place at the time Paul was writing mm -hmm. this, and yeah. I know what, what you were saying is really it's, it's the, the institution or the role that was instituted by God, but he, he also, you know, appointed that individual and that person. And, and, and if you look yeah. at those, these are not necessarily um, leaders that would reflect the qualities <laughs> that we would see, that yeah. we would seek as Christ followers, you know, in terms of being God honoring and everything. And so I think, you know, I think for Paul to say those things in that environment, um, in that context, I think gives us a fairly broad mandate in terms of, you know, following the leaders that he's instituted. And I think um, one of the things where, one of the examples I had with that kind of gave me a little bit of piece of that with that and thinking about God's sovereignty came from Acts 12. And um, there it's recorded that on an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man, man. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. And <laughs> what I gather from that is we serve a sovereign king, um, and regardless of what Caesar or the president or the prime minister is saying, they are under the sovereignty of our king. And so... Um, I find peace in that in knowing that um, he has that he has that in his hands. Um, you know, I, I do think there probably are scenarios where in serving our king, we do need to take a step back and look at what submission to the government would look like. Um, yeah. You know, let's kind of pretend here for a moment that, you know, we're in World War Two in in Germany and they're doing some sort of a a draft or what have you into the, the Nazi army. And, and they're saying, you know, Brett, you know, we need you to go work in this concentration camp, you know, it's like, how, how do you think you would respond to that as, as a follower of Christ? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough, man. <laughs> yeah. 
It really is. I mean, it's, it's very nuanced. It's very difficult. And so I think one of the challenges is that, you know, I think there's this dynamic that we're not saying, oh, this passage says, let's just, we have to submit to all authority, no matter the circumstances, no matter the case, it's a, it's an all or nothing thing. And so, yeah, I think there's this aspect of if that was me in that situation of I need you to work in this concentration camp where you're going to be uh, hurting and harming other people's lives and torturing them or whatever the case might be as a Christian. I think I I think in that situation, I would have to say I respectfully decline. (laughs) And in that situation, that that would be probably very pretty for me or my family. But I think in that case, because the the values of Christ and the values of Christianity would trump in that moment the submission to the government and the officials above me. Um, and so in that scenario, I'd be willing to be punished or even probably lose my life if it was about, hey, I need you to go and do something evil that is against God's mandates and law. And so I think in that scenario, we have to be wise. We have to know the Bible. We have to know what is God's design for our life in every aspect of life, whether that's marriage and family, it's parenting, it's the value of life and humanity, uh, if it's purity, if it's finances, whatever it might be. Um, But then we also have to weigh that against what is the government actually asking me to do? So, you know, in our current example, the government's asking people to stay home. Does that violate any of my Christian values? I don't think so, Uh, at least not yet. (laughs) You know, they, they haven't said you cannot watch your church service online. You cannot worship your God. I mean, they haven't said anything like that. Um, They're asking people to wash their hands. They're asking people to maybe wear a face mask if they go into public. None of those things infringe upon what I perceive as the biblical imperatives that we see or anything that would oppose the Christian worldview. So uh, anyways, all that to say, I definitely think there's a a nuance to this that we, we must think critically about what does the Bible say about what the government is asking us to do right now. Yeah, I think if you look at, you know, we can go from Nazi concentration camps to today's social distancing regulations. And um, I think there is a pretty big contrast there. Um, I don't, I don't believe that any of our politicians or leaders are looking at, at this and saying, man, the church has just been, you know, really bringing people to worship the Lord. And we feel that that's coming at a cost of the glory they're giving to us. We need to restrict and restrain them. Yeah. You know, I don't get that impression whatsoever. My impression of it is what they're looking to do is sort of regulate the speed by which this virus is going to infect folks so that they have the healthcare infrastructure by which to protect and save them. And frankly, as a believer, I can get on board with that. You know, I yeah. think, I think there is some of these social causes actually do have undertones of serving Christ. So by me not going out, um, by me staying in, even on Sunday morning, I'm reducing the number of people that will perish because of, you know, overstraining our healthcare system. And so um, it's, it's not very difficult for me to say, yes, I will submit to that um, in this time, in this place. But let's try to, let's trust in the Lord to be creative, to find ways to glorify and honor our King, even from home. And, and we're seeing a lot of churches do that uh, yeah. in this environment in different ways. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because I, I, I'm totally with you. I, I, I have no problem submitting to those 
recommendations. And, and in Iowa, a lot of them are not even mandates or laws. They're just recommendations. And so, but I still think those recommendations, again, because it's coming from our governor, it's coming from our president, and it doesn't inflict on my Christian values, then there's really the question is, why wouldn't I submit to those? And I think if we're being honest, and I've wrestled with this, but if we don't end up submitting, I think the real reason that we don't is because we're just selfish. Um, and it infringes on our preferences, uh, the social distancing, staying at home, wearing a mask, uh, whatever it might be. It infringes on our preferences. It infringes on our conveniences. And let's be honest, we're talking about Americans. Uh, we thrive <laughs> on preferences and we love convenience. Yeah. So uh, I think I think that's a huge piece that, that's probably a podcast for another day. But um, another aspect of this is we've seen some churches around the country on the news that have not heeded the recommendations or even the mandates in some states of what the government has asked them to do. And so, you know, if you're listening to this later and you're wondering, what are they talking about? Well, you know, most places have a mandate that you can't have social gatherings like at churches, for example, more than 10 people. And so there was one church, I think down in Florida, a pretty big church that had a choir rehearsal with over a hundred people in the choir had a choir rehearsal and come to find out, not ironically, that most of them got COVID-19. Um, on our sick now. And then even that church, they had a huge worship gathering with hundreds of people just a few weeks ago and got in a lot of trouble. And I think the pastor even got arrested. <laughs> and so what's interesting about that is a lot of people are looking on from the outside in, you know, a lot of people who are not church people who are unbelievers. And they're looking at this going, our whole world basically is saying, use caution, stay inside, don't gather. Uh, here's why, very good reasons. Yet these Christian people are kind of putting their nose up to all of that. Or if I can be really blunt, giving them the proverbial middle finger and saying, we're not going to listen to you. We're going to go do our thing, but they do it in the name or under the guise of doing it for the Lord. And I think that's really damaging to the cause of Christ because I don't think that's what Jesus would be doing. Nor, And this is, again, my opinion, but I don't think that's where we would see Jesus at. <laughs> I think we would see him submitting, but also continuing to be uh, salt and light and continue to bring people hope and the message of the gospel in some way, he would find a way to do that. And so one other passage that's interesting, I think it talks about this is first Peter two says in verse 13, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be an emperor or Supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good for this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. You know, and so in, in this context, you know, Peter's encouraging the church there to say, look, again, for the Lord's sake, be subject to these authorities. Submit to them. Honor them. Respect them. Uh, I think that's a great word for us as Christians today is live as people who are free, but don't use your freedom as a cover up for evil, right? So I have the freedom if I wanted to, to gather with 48 people or 60 people or a hundred people if I wanted to on Sunday, but I don't, and I shouldn't use that freedom uh, as a means to just basically meet my preferences or meet my conveniences. And so I think that's another aspect of this conversation that I think some Christians are honestly struggling to figure out where the line is. Yeah. And I think if you, if you're looking at, you know, some of these large churches or just any of these churches that are just defying their government orders, I think if you're in the shoes of those leaders, or, I mean, you're just looking at yourself and trying to figure out how to respond to this, 
think if you just take a scalpel out and just look at what's in your heart, yeah. my guess is a lot of these decisions are being made by folks that are being swayed by a sense of pride and kind of self-glorification, yeah. not not this idea that, oh, I'm going to go be a martyr for the Lord. <laughs> I mean, they, they might really feel like they're going to get arrested and get punished. I'm not su- suggesting they don't think that. It's just, yeah. I think... It, I think if you really got to the root of it, it's about them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, you could also say that, I'm sure, about submission in, in times when, when it's sinful to submit. But um, I think for me, the most Christ-honoring, obedient thing I can do is look at these, look at the environment that we're in here and these social distancing standards and everything and say, how can I love horizontally and vertically and I'm being called to submit at home. <laughs> yeah. Now well, that's good. Let's talk about that for a little bit as we look at, so we've kind of talked about, here's kind of our response. We probably should be honoring and respecting them. We should probably be staying at home. But even in that then, you know, how do we honor the Lord and how do we continue to kind of be salt and light as we're stuck in home? Um, and you you and I have been talking about First Peter off and on for, for quite a while. And First Peter 3.15 says, you know, but honor in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, uh, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who, are, who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Um, and, and so I think there's an aspect of this too that, one, we should always be ready to give a reason to people in this season, say, you guys are staying home. Why? You could just go out and do your thing. Well, I'm submitting, but here's this. And actually I'm, I'm staying at home because I'm actually not too worried about all this because my hope is not in uh, my physical body of whether I get sick or not. My hope is not in our government or the politics of it, or even in the economy. Although that stuff's very real, very scary to a degree and very concerning, but my hope isn't there. Uh, my hope is in Jesus. And can I share that with you? And doing that with gentleness and respect. And so, yeah, I think there's another aspect of this too, where I think there's a there's an aspect of the evangelistic nature or um, ability to speak into the hope that we have right now as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've been hearing is that there's been a big surge or spike in kind of domestic abuse cases, whether you're talking mm-hmm. about probably men abusing their wives or their children. Um, and a lot of that is these relationships are being put into, uh, you know, physical proximity in a way that maybe they hadn't been. Maybe, maybe you had a household where people were in a legal relationship, but they were not really in relationship. And now they're being kind of locked into this close proximity uh, long term. I think we have a huge opportunity to die to ourselves in the way that we love and serve and honor our families, whether it be our wife or kids. Um, but but then also, um, I'll tell you, I was looking at my internet bill this past month and my consumption of bandwidth is like triple what it is in a normal (laughs) month. And so just be, I'm thinking about how am I using that? That's really my lifeline to the outside world outside of my family right now. How am I using bandwidth or the internet, um, 
to connect and in, be an encouragement to others? Am I, am I just bringing in media like movies and television yeah. uh, or am I using this to really minister out of my house? You know, mm -hmm. um, using it to, uh, you know, do Bible studies, life groups, um, you know, maybe meet with coworkers in, in like a, a zoom type setting so that I can be an encouragement and that I can be, um, you know, relative or, um, yeah. yeah worth kind of spending worth something on their day to add encouragement to them. So I, I've just been trying to think about what God has given me during this yeah. season and, and trying to use it well and, and, and not misusing or abusing it. That's really good. That's a good, that's a really good phrase of how am I using my bandwidth? Um, and I, I, I must admit while you were saying that my mind went to a t-shirt idea of bandwidth for Jesus. <laughs> Love it. It's really terrible, but I'm also like, maybe we should get some. So uh, if you're listening out there and you, you want, you want a new t-shirt idea, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but, but that's a great point because I think in the same time while we're kind of stuck at home again, I know myself, I'm, I am so prone to be self-centered and be all about me and be all about my comfort and what makes me feel better. And a lot of that is let's just watch things. Let's just be consuming other things versus how can I love other people in this season, even if I'm stuck at home and even if our neighbors, I mean, granted, we don't need to have a party at our neighbor's house, but we see our neighbors. They're outside. We're all outside because we're, we're stuck inside. So we're trying to get outside. The, the weather's getting nicer. So how can I love them and serve them while I am here, but also online, the world of technology, how can we leverage that in a very meaningful, transparent way. And hopefully this podcast is one way that's helpful mm -hmm. for people and encouraging, you know, we're not experts, nor are we uh, theologians or anything like that. We're just normal people trying to have conversations about real life stuff. And I hope that it's helpful to you if you're listening to this, um, but also as an encouragement to think through creative ways that you in this season, if you're listening to it during the season, that you can also find ways to use your bandwidth for Jesus. Yeah. Th thanks for, uh, that reminder, Brett, I think, um, it's, you know, whether, whether you were already on the, you know, on one side of the fence in terms of how to respond to, um, you know, these, these recent mandates or not, I think we are constantly ambushed by culture in terms of how we respond to authority, whether it be the way we talk about our leaders or how we vote or, um, how we consume information or news. Um, yeah. I think that the Bible has a lot to say about that, but yeah. you really don't hear about that angle on it so much. And so I think it's easy to be overcome by a lot of the, the waves and the wind that are out there in this arena. Um, and so um, I think this was a good reminder for me mm. um, to sink my roots into his word and his sovereignty. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're about out of time here for today, but I think it's uh, I'll kind of close with this a reminder for us as, as well as those who might be listening that, you know, as believers, we are kingdom citizens first. Uh, that is our primary part of who we are. We are, we have been adopted into God's family as sons or daughters. Uh, we've been given eternal life. Our sins have been forgiven. And so we're part of his family. And that is far more important and far more meaningful, eternally speaking, than any physical or earthly association uh, or, or, or collective network. And so, I, again, I don't want to diminish being an American, and I'm very grateful. I'm very privileged to be an American. I know that. 
but we are kingdom citizens first. We are American citizens second. And so I hope that we can continue to keep that perspective of uh, the kingdom of God is my primary concern, but because that's my primary concern, then I should live as a very good, godly, wise, gentle, respectful, proactive, evangelistic, caring American citizen as well. So I hope you are encouraged by this today. I hope that you will continue to live your life to display the gospel by demonstrating it and declaring it to the world. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find a wealth of resources, including free downloads, videos, book recommendations, sermons, training opportunities, and more at my website, www.displaythegospel.com.